Welcome, everybody. Glad to have you here, especially those of you online. Really glad to have you with us. Mom and Dad, glad to have you here, too. I want to talk about the Bible today in relation to God's will, okay? The unfortunate thing is that the Bible has been misused so many times, and sometimes we just throw it out as a way to find God's will because it's been misused. Like, every cult leader has used the Bible. Jim Jones, David Koresh, Tom Cruise, John Travolta, you name it. That's because the Bible uh, has to be interpreted, okay? And let me explain some categories of uh, bad Bible interpretation. I wrote about this in my book, What Made Jesus Mad. The first category is what I call the gummy bears interpretation, which is applying what you want and ignoring what you don't want, okay? So our church, when we were growing in our first location and we didn't have room anymore, we moved our offices off-site to a strip mall. And we were right next to a candy store. And I'm a sugar junkie, okay? And it was the 90s, and, you know, all the nutrition talk in the 90s was about fat content. So I tried to watch my fat intake uh, as I walked into the candy store, right? And I know, I know, I know, I know. Just, l- just let me tell you how I justified it. Because what I would do is literally I would go in, I would I'd just get a dollar's worth. That's what I would do. I could buy it, you know, buy the pound. I would get a dollar's worth of gummy bears because they're fat-free, okay? Never mind that they're just melted globs of sugar and high fructose corn syrup. I didn't want to hear about that. In my mind, it was all okay as long as it was fat-free. And what I'm saying is that much of our Bible interpretation kind of follows the same logic when we pick and choose the things we want to follow and ignore what we don't want to. If you want to know how Christians are messing up all the political things and all the things that are going on in the world, that's what's going on, okay? Like, why did we decide, for instance, that it was okay to go against 1 Timothy 2.9, which forbids women from wearing jewelry. Like that's in the Bible. But then three verses later, it says, Paul says he doesn't allow women to teach, okay? And many of you grew up with that paradox. As I did, my mom was not allowed to teach men. She could wear jewelry, but right, okay? Three verses apart. Even more so, how do we reconcile 1 Corinthians 11 which talks about women prophesying in public, and then the command in 1 Corinthians 14, a few chapters later, that says women should be silent in church. How can, I mean, how can they prophesy if they're silent? I mean, it doesn't make any sense, right? So why do so many Christians believe that tattoos are wrong? The injunction against tattoos, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, was in the same biblical chapter that the, the rules against shaving which I still follow, or wearing clothes made of two different kinds of fabric. Somehow, many, maybe most Christians still think tattoos are against God's will, but they'll wear a poly cotton blend shirt all day long, right? It's gummy bears interpretation. It's ignoring one thing while emphasizing another and really not understanding any of it. Let's call the second category, the uh, sister-in-law interpretation, which is applying rules that are no longer binding, all right? Old Testament stuff. Deuteronomy 25 says that if a married man dies without a son, his widow must marry the late husband's brother. That sounds like a, a good plot for a reality television show, right? But I don't see that really working today. 
And the problem with this interpretation arises when we take rules from the Old Testament that were made for that time and try to, uh, try to make them apply to the post-law New Testament era. Um, they're rules that are no longer, we're no longer obliged to keep, okay? And I can give you scriptural references for that. Jesus came to, to kill that, okay? Uh, trust me when I tell you, you don't want to head down the path of trying to follow the Mosaic law. Okay, I give you one simple reason, bacon. They couldn't eat bacon. The third category I will call the bake sale interpretation. And these are the rules that we create based on completely an incorrect interpretation of a specific passage of scripture, even under the new covenant. For example, in some churches, bake sales are not allowed in the building or you can't sell t-shirts or whatever because everyone knows we don't sell stuff in church. Why? Because Jesus threw the money changers out of the temple. But was that the point Jesus was making? Was he mad about them selling things in general? No, they'd been doing it for hundreds of years. Was it that they were overcharging? I don't know, maybe. Or maybe it went a lot deeper than that because they were blocking access to the kingdom of God. So I think times that we, there are times we throw up our hands and we just say, man, this is all complicated. Tim, you just told me why I don't know if I can figure out how to do this whole Bible thing. But people, it is the primary way that God leads us. The unfolding of your words, the Bible says, gives us light. That's, that's why we're doing this today, okay? The light all around. It gives understanding to the simple Okay, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's what it's supposed to be. God's word is the map, the, the guide for our path, the primary tool that God wants us to use to lead and to direct us. So here is our issue. How, how does God speak through scripture? How am I going to determine what his will is for me? Okay, why is the Bible our map? Let me just explain that first of all. Number one, because scripture comes from God himself. He is the author. The Bible says this, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Okay, it's God breathed in a supernatural way. He has provided in his divine word, the human words that any person can be led with by the Holy Spirit to understand and to be saved. Okay, it's from him. That's what it's there for. And you need to hear that. Parkview Christian Church believes that this is the inspired world, word of God, okay? I believe when I read it, I'm reading exactly what God intended me to hear. But here's the problem. The Bible is a complex library of 66 books. It's not just one book. It's 66 books put together. And I don't know if you've read the whole thing, but it was done by, uh, it was written a long time ago, and it was written by different authors, and it's not always easy to understand. This is not Ikea instructions, you guys. And it wasn't even written in English. It was written in Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic. Now, I'm guessing the only Greek you know makes a mean baklava. So when you send your kids off to college with the attitude of the Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it, and then a professor gets up and says, well, wait a minute, there are problems with the Bible, everything can start to fall apart for them. 
So when somebody in astronomy class says, well, the Bible is dumb because it talks about a sunrise and a sunset, or you go in art class and you look at the Da Vinci painting, you know, and you see this and you think to yourself, you know, dude does look like a lady. Maybe that is Mary Magdalene in the picture. And Dan Brown was right. You start to have faith doubts unnecessarily because you never process the fact that the Bible was speaking figuratively about sunrise, just like the weatherman does every day, by the way, or that it's not a real picture of the Last Supper. Da Vinci painted 1,400 years after Jesus had the Last Supper. And by the way, they most likely didn't look like this, and for sure they didn't just sit on one side of the table, okay? And let me just say right up front, the Bible is so not in trouble. Interpreting it can be. There are literally thousands of times more proof for the accuracy of the Bible than any other document in history. It is a complete miracle that 40 different authors could write on three different continents over a period of 1,500 years, and we could come up with a book like this. And they are discovering stuff all the time that proves the Bible. And by the way, archaeologists, in case you're interested, young ladies, make great husbands. Because the older their wives get, the more interested they become. Number two, because scripture has a purpose to guide and to direct us. When David needed counsel, he went to the word of God. He said, your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. Isn't that great? In the same way, we can use God's word to find his will for our lives. God made sure that we had his word so that we could know the way. It's a map, right? And it's crazy for us to leave it sitting on a coffee table. Let me show you this FedEx commercial from a Super Bowl several years ago uh, after Castaway had come out with Tom Hanks, you know, where he's marooned on the island and he's, you know, he's taking care of this package. Um, This is like what happened after he delivered it and the irony, there you go. Hi. Hi. I've been ruined on an island for five years with this package. And I swore that I would deliver it to you because I work for FedEx. That's very admirable. Thank you. Hey, well, by the way, what's in the package? Uh, nothing really. Just a satellite phone, GPS locator, fishing rod, water purifier, and some seeds. Just silly stuff. Thank you again. You keep up the good work. Isn't that great? If you just would have opened the box, everything would have been okay, right? If you just would have opened this, probably a lot of stuff would be okay. Number three is because Scripture fills, it fills the gap between our minds and God's minds. Okay, listen to this. Beautiful. Isaiah. God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And I'm thankful for that. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Do you realize uh, that that we don't think like God? (laughs) 
what is naturally intuitive to us may actually lead us astray. Is that true? I think so. We can't trust our intuition or our ability to reason when it comes to discovering God's will. When we use our own reasoning, we may be completely illogical, okay? When anyone makes a decision, here's what happens. Three things come into play, all right? There's context, what we know about our situation and we know about, you know, what's going on. There is the perspective, uh, how we view what's going on, and that is impacted by our desires, what we want, and by our fears, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, okay? And the third thing is outcome. It's really just a guess. I don't know, okay? What if we had a, a context that included all of human history like God does? What if we had a perspective that included all of eternity, past and future, and the opportunity to peer into a mind that knows the outcome of all decisions we might ever make? Would that be helpful? Let me demonstrate for you what God's ways are like. We're going to do a Google Earth zoom in to the new Linux campus. It's kind of out there by itself, makes it easier. Here we go. We're just going to zoom in from God's viewpoint. And only God, well, I guess, and Google have this perspective. Does that help you? In the scriptures, God has given us a slice of his thinking. He knows the context. He has the perspective that goes way beyond our limited viewpoint and he knows the outcome. Not only that, but the Bible includes page after page of examples of people and what happened to them when they trusted God and even more pages of what happened to them when they didn't trust God. And he has invited us to look into his thoughts and ways so that over time, our thoughts become his thoughts and our ways become his ways. And that's how we sort out God's will for our lives. Why is that helpful? Do you remember figuring your parents out as you were growing up? I mean, you knew what your mom would tolerate and what she wouldn't. You knew what your dad was cool with and some stuff your dad was not cool with, right? One of the times I got my mouth washed out with soap, um, and I did, uh, I said the word geez. Um, now, I don't, I don't think any of the kids I heard it from were using it as a short name for Jesus. Maybe they were. I don't know. I didn't see it that way. I just picked it up off of them. And then there was that fatal day when I said it around my mom. And now I literally have to wear contacts because I got so poisoning. It's a true story. I I don't know if you can accidentally take the name of the Lord in vain or not. Really, that's not the concept of the command, mom. But thankfully, I didn't say fudge or would have really been Irish Spring instead of Dial, and that's a really bad day, trust me, okay? It didn't really do me any good because all of my non-swearing upbringing was completely undone by working one summer in road construction, okay? I'm just going to tell you, forget about sailors, man. Those guys can bring the noise. But there were other words, this is what was so weird and my point, that I could say that other kids couldn't get away with. Because other than the big ones, every parent has opinions about what is right and wrong, and you better figure out what your parents were concerned with, right? Not someone else's parents. It doesn't matter. And the older you got and the more you got to know them, the easier life became, okay? By the time you became a teenager, you kind of had it figured out. Now, you might not have followed it, but you at least had it figured out. And parents, by the way, I don't know if you know this or not, but your kids are doing the same thing. So change it up every once in a while. That's all I'm saying. But there's power of studying the Bible is, I mean, I'm not saying you should try to play games with God. I'm just saying the more you get to know what God likes and doesn't like, 
the easier your life will be because God is perfect and we should be like him, okay? And when you get to know him, how do you get to know him is through his word. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. That's exactly what we need. That's where we find God's will. Maybe we just need to understand that our ways are not his ways and figure out what his ways are. That's the value and power that exceeds human understanding that's found in the pages of scripture. The Bible truly is a treasure beyond our wildest dreams. And if we'll just take the time to investigate, to explore, to search for truth within, it'll change our lives. Here's Solomon, wisest man in the world, who didn't take his own advice, but he wrote well. My son, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For the wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. So the wisest thing we can do is immerse ourselves in the principles of God. So how do I understand it? How many of you actually used a map back in the day, all you old people, okay? Remember what it was like to unfold it and fold it and put it back in, right? But then what happened? Do you remember when MapQuest came along, old people, right? And you remember how cool it was because you could go to your computer and your printer and print out directions so that you didn't have to open the map at every crossroads. You could just have the whole thing printed out. And then GPS came along, game changer, because you could do it on the fly. And not only that, but you actually knew where you were, which was really great, right? Do you, do you realize, as I've been thinking about this this week, at my age, thinking back about Bible study, do you realize that the Bible has completely gone through the same process? Don't tell me the Bible is hard to understand. The Bible was hard to understand when I was in Bible college in the early 80s. And I had to go to the library and look up a bunch of books to figure out what stuff meant. And then computers came along and that was awesome. And I bought some super expensive software that allowed me to do some stuff that most people couldn't do. But now all you have to do is say, hey, Siri, show me Bible verses about the Last Supper and it'll pop up on your phone. It won't tell you why Da Vinci painted everyone on one side of the table, but it will give you the Last Supper Bible verses. And if you want more explanation, it's probably on the first page of hits you're going to find. But in order, to, in order to get there, we're going to have to find some crucial guidelines to understand God's principles. And Google or the internet or whatever, Bible study teachers will help you to do this. But there's a couple of things you really need to understand. Guideline number one. First thing we have to answer is, what did this passage mean to the biblical audience? That makes sense, doesn't it? Each passage of scripture was God's word to other people before it came God's word to us. 
too many times we start with the question, well, what does this passage mean to me? You ever been in one of those Bible studies? What does this passage mean to you? Who cares what it means to you? What does it mean? (laughs) That's the question. What did it mean to the people to whom it was written? That's the question. True understanding of God's truth begins with the question, what does this passage mean? And then we can apply it to our lives, all right? This is where things get messed up. Meaning is not determined by the reader. Meaning is determined by the author. You know, if I say something in a message that makes you mad because you misinterpreted it, it's not really my fault. I'm still going to have to answer your email, but it's not really my fault. You just misinterpreted it, right? So what did he mean when he wrote the text? Number two, what are the principles in the passage? Um, What we seek to discover are principles that God has in mind. But before we can get to the principles, we have to start with the proper meaning, all right? This is, this is, what is it all about? A principle is an unchanging truth. Not everything is an unchanging truth. Here's one example, though, I'll just give you for your family. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? That is an unchanging truth. Not written in the Bible. It's not even a biblical principle. It's just true, okay? A principle is just a truth, A principle from the Bible is just the way God operates. It's the way God has put things together. It is a timeless truth. I talked about providential will a few weeks ago, right? It's just what it is. There's a difference between a principle and a command, okay? I want you to grab a hold of this. A command says, do this. A principle says, let me tell you what's going to happen if you do this, and let me tell you what's going to happen if you don't do this, right? You can break a command, but you can't disobey a principle. They are in effect at all times. A command is don't jump off the roof. A principle is gravity. So God's word shares with us the principles of God, just simply the way things work. You will find principles in different ways in scripture, um, all kinds of examples in scripture, and sometimes they're stated and sometimes they're not. Like here's one, I'll just give you one. I'm not gonna do a ton of these. Here's a principle. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. It's just a principle. The people that you spend a majority of your time with will impact you. And sometimes principles are just implied, like the principle of unconditional love. You're not going to find a Bible verse that states, here's the principle of unconditional love. But it is implied over and over and over and over again. And you will see as you read the word that unconditional love is the most powerful force on the human soul. And it's the essence of who God is. It is a way of God as a principle of God. Okay, you see where I'm going with this? When we gain an accurate understanding, then the principles come from the passages that are timeless and that guide us and direct us on our journey. So listen to me. Every single decision you make is going to cross with the principles of God's word. Okay, financial, relational, whatever they are, they're all gonna cross with principles of God's word. An example, 
just one, David and Saul. King David has been anointed as king, but Saul is still king, and Saul doesn't like David, and Saul is trying to kill David. And David's men are just hiding, okay? They're not fighting back. They're just literally hiding. So what happens? It's a crazy story, fun story out of the Old Testament. Saul, the, the, the king who's trying to kill David and has all these men trying to kill him, has to go to the bathroom, okay? So Saul goes over to a cave to go to the bathroom. Out of all the caves, and I've been in this region, trust me, out of all the caves that are there, he picks the cave that David and his men are in. So he goes over and unzips or what, you know, whatever they did, and he starts to go to the bathroom. And David's men are all behind him like, whoa, dude, look, that, that, this is your day, David. God has brought Saul right here to you, and he couldn't be more vulnerable, right? I mean, it's hard to hold on to your sword while you're doing that, right? And this must be God's will for you to kill him now and take the throne. You have been anointed king, and God says you will be king. You should kill him. Saul's trying to kill you. It's just self-defense. Do it. What are the odds of this happening, David? God has lined this all up. And David probably wanted to do that. His emotions said, kill Saul. His circumstances said, kill Saul. His friends said, kill Saul. What would you do in that instance? But David knew a principle. David said, you know, I can't do that. I'm not going to replace what God has put in place. I will not put my hand against the Lord's anointed, even if he's crooked. And when God was ready, God made David king, and he was a good king, until he forgot God's principles and the whole Bathsheba thing happened. All right, you with me? Guideline number three, what can I personally apply from the passage? Application is about what God wants to personally see happen in my life. Too easy and convenient. It's too easy and convenient to point to others. Let's take examples from one of our earlier passages, okay? Uh, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. All right. It is a principle. The people you spend the majority of time with will impact you, okay? If I choose to hang around people who, have, who, who value their own desires above God's desires, then I will become more selfish and less concerned with others, right? If I hang around people who are critical and negative, guess what will happen to me? Hello, Facebook, okay? I understand that. But what are you going to do about it is the question. Will you change friends? Will you block people on social media or just get off altogether? So money management principles. Many of you have been through FPU, right? What are you going to do about it? Okay, I know what they are, but are you going to cut up your credit card? The Bible says this. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The, okay, it is sometimes difficult to understand. It, it, it's not going to do you any good to just go, mm, no, I need to find an answer to this question. I'm going to play Bible roulette and see what verses are going on. The, the study and, and, and the reading and the learning of God's word is going to change your life, but you're going to have to apply it. Okay. 
So many people have told this story. Nobody even knows where it came from, but it, it works so good. It's a story about a battleship, you know, that, that the lookout saw a light off in the dark, and it was a foggy night. And after noting the light's coordinates, the ship was on a collision course with that other vessel. So the battleship signaled the other ship, we are on a collision course. We advise you to change 20 degrees. And the return signal came, advisable for you to change course 20 degrees. The captain said, send this. I'm the captain. They woke him up. They said, captain, here's what's going on. He said, send this. I'm the captain. Change your course 20 degrees. A reply came back. I'm a seaman, second class. You'd better change course 20 degrees. By this time, the captain was really furious and he yelled, send this. I am a battleship. Change course 20 degrees. And the reply came back. I'm a lighthouse. It's your call. God's authority is never changing. It's always constant. That's what this is all about. It is the light. It's the light to your path, okay? It's the, it's the thing that you want to learn and follow. And we want to help you with that. I want to recommend the Bible app for you. Just go whatever version, whatever kind of phone you've got. The Bible app has like 400 million downloads now or something like that done by our friends at, at, at Life Church. It's amazing. You can find reading plans and study plans. We're here to help you with it. God's will is not really that hard to find. It's contained in here. It's going to be about whether you're going to change course or not that is going to really make the difference. Let me pray. God, I thank you for your word, how many times it's helped me when I've listened to it, and forgive me for the times when I haven't. And um, as we look for your will, help us to know that you are our good father, that you do love us, and you've tried to show us that you are the light, and we need to follow. We ask these things in your name. Amen.